Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. We stay on Him, we can be in perfect peace. Perfect peace that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. But the first part of that verse says, Be careful. Be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. Now, if we're making our requests known unto God and we know who God is, we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be worried. And sometimes we do get concerned, but we don't let that concern consume us and make us worry about what God is already taking care of. Then the peace of God. But God's peace don't come in the midst of worry. We have to let worry know you don't belong here because this is what God has said. So we don't want to be overwhelmed. You know, we want to cast our burdens upon him because he cares for us. And if we know that he cares for us, we know that he has our life in in his hands. Everything about us has already been written. And it cannot be changed. God has already written it. This is why every day we need to live in that day. We don't, keep, we don't need to go from uh, the day we're in and go in the middle of next week or next month. We need to stay in the day that we're in and give God glory for that day. And I guarantee you, if we stay in that day, those um, worries, they will subside. Because we're thanking God for that day. God, is nothing I can do about tomorrow. Because you said tomorrow has troubles, cares of its own. So, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the day that you have already set up for me. So help me to come into alignment with the day that I'm in. I think we get too far ahead of ourselves. And that's what brings depression. That's what brings oppression because we say, what if? We have to go on what he's already done. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you. And we praise you, we lift you up, we magnify you, we glorify your name in this place on today. God, we have come to realize that it's not about us, God, it's all about you. Because we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. So the life that we live now in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and who has died on our behalf. So, Father God, our hearts and our minds should be set on focus on what you have already done through your son. We thank you for the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus has redeemed us, delivered us, healed us, and has set us free. So we thank you for that, Father. And, Father, you said that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Send your labors out amongst the harvest. And, God, I bind the hands of the enemy where he will blind the minds of the unbelievers today, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel, even as it goes forth in this house. I bind every hindering spirit. I bind every oppressive spirit. I bind, Father God, every spirit that will come to harass God, to oppress, to depress in this room on today, God. And I lose your love, I lose your peace, I lose your joy, I lose the fruit of the Spirit in this house on today. And I thank you for the gifts of the Spirit that are in operation as the Spirit wills in this house. So we thank you, we praise you, and we glorify you today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen. Turn with me if you would. Open your Bible, your iPad, your Android, your iPhone, whatever you have with the Bible on it, open it up. And if you lose Wi-Fi, you should have bought your Bible. <laughs> amen, amen. To God be the glory. 
Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 12. Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 12. And we give God glory for the reading of his word because this is his word that I will be reading and I am only the messenger. So Proverbs 14, verse 12. Remember that. I am a messenger speaking on God's behalf. The word of God reads, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends, but it ends in the way of death. Let me read it again. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends is the way of death. You may be seated. I want to talk this morning on there is a way that seems right. We have been talking on Train up a child in the way that, you know, he shall go and they will not depart from it. So we talked about training a child up, dedicating that child unto the Lord, unto God's way. As I was in prayer the other day and as I sit down and I talk to the Lord and, you know, I say, you know, God, what's on your mind? Because sometimes when we get before the Lord, it's always about us, what we're going through, when we're going to get through it. So as I was sitting there, I said, Lord, what's on your mind? And as the Lord was ministering to me, he began to tell me, he said, there's two roads. He said, there's a narrow road. And then there's a wide road. And he said, it's many that's on that wide road. And he said, the reason why many are on that wide road, he was giving me the different examples. And we know that road leads to death. And he let me know, he said, as many Christians on that road. He said, as many Christians that's on that road. And as the Lord began to minister to me, he began to take me through the word of God. And I could feel the pain of God. And I I just sat there and I said, Lord, I said, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to direct them to the right road. I want you to give them instructions on my way of doing and my way of being. People that are on that wrong road is getting wrong doctrine. They're up under wrong doctrine. They're up under um, things that man is teaching and not what God has taught. So God said, I want you to instruct them the right road. I want you to show them how to get on the right road. Now, in Matthew seven thirteen through 14, it says, Enter through the narrow gate, because the gate is wide and the road is wide that leads to hell, destruction, ruin. And many people enter through that gate. God said there's many people who enter through that wide, the broad way, because the road is wide. He said, but the gate is small and the road is narrow, difficult, hard, that leads to true life. Only a few people, and there are a few who find that road. The reason why, because when you get born again, and you truly turn your heart over to God, I mean truly turning your heart over to God because you understand, and God, I can't do this myself. You're going to have a difficult road. You're going to have some things in your life that you feel like you cannot take on. You're going to begin to have persecution. People are going to begin to hate you. People are not going to like you. So that's going to be a difficult road. And this is why the Lord gives us the Holy Spirit to help us to stay on that narrow road. We have too many Christians that say that they are born again, but is not staying on that path. It's not staying on that road because they're too much into my family don't like me. My friends don't like me. I don't have a husband. I don't have a wife. I don't have this and I don't have that. I'm going through in my body. I thought being saved was better than this. It's a difficult road. And if that road is difficult, God has given you what he needs to give you for you to stay on that road. The more you trust in him instead of trusting in your situations, you can stay on that narrow road. How do you know you on the right road? Because every time you turn around, it's attack after attack after attack after attack after attack. Now, some of these attacks you bring on yourself. 
Some of the attacks you bring on yourself. So you better distinguish which ones is you and which ones is coming, you know, from difficulty because you love the Lord. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You can tell those that really, really, truly love the Lord. How do I know the ones that truly, really, really love the Lord? They're not easily offended. They can take offense well. They can take people hating them well. They can take persecution well. They know how to live in their house well. Because they know who they serve. They ain't mumbling and complaining every day, all day. Because they know who they belong to and they know who they are. Now, I'm not saying everybody is on the wide road, but some people ain't far from it. They're jumping in and off that road. So today, I want to bring scripture and let people know I'm doing what God has called me to do. And my job is to root up and tear down the strongholds off of God's people. Some people get so upset because people think you think you are so holy that you don't never mess up. Come on, y'all. I ain't ashamed of my game. See, the thing is, David was a man after God's own heart. David did mess up. David did do some things in his life that he shouldn't do. But what did David do? David's heart was turned towards the Lord. How do we really know? Because David didn't set up other idols. Go read about David. David didn't set up other idols. He messed up, but he didn't put no other God before God. You can mess up in your life, but long as you're not putting another God before God. That's why David's heart was truly turned um, to God, because even though he messed up, he said, I didn't sin against you. I have sinned against God. He kept God at the forefront. In churches today... God is not at the forefront. Everything else is at the forefront except God. We got idols set up in church. We're the church. This is the building. This is the place we come into to worship him. And we don't bring in and everything in the place that we come to worship God. So when God was bringing me this, he left these roads before me. And he said, the ones that on these wide roads, these Christians... They're living any kind of way and saying they love Jesus. They own the wide road and they're not being touched by the devil because you're serving him. You're doing what he wants you to do and people are telling you it's okay. But I'm here to tell you today it is not okay. Grace and mercy have done their part. And it's time for us to line up with what grace and mercy have done and quit pulling the grace card and say, I'm already forgiven so I can do this so I can do that. No, if you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength, you're going to hate what God hates and you're going to love what God loves. You don't even want to be around it. Come on, wide road. Any Christian. That's around anything that's not the way of God and you're fitting in, you on the wide road. Any Christian that's in the midst of something that's sin and you can stay in the midst of it, you on the wide road. I'm breaking it down. Any Christian that can sit there and allow somebody to talk about their brother and sister without defending your faith and what you believe, you on a wide road. God gave me this scripture. And I have to back up. Go, go with me to 1 Kings. I want to talk about Solomon first. And then it's going to lead up to where God is taking me dealing with this road. Y'all know Solomon in 1 Kings, the 11th chapter. I'm just going to um, go over this briefly. Solomon, we know that he was wise. God gave him wisdom. And we know that he used that wisdom well. But later on in Solomon's life, Solomon began to um, let women turn his heart away from God. Unto those women and unto those idols that those other women served. He even built altars for his wives, his concubines, to serve their gods. He did this for them. 
How many of us are seeing this today in the church? We're seeing exactly what happened to Solomon in the church. You may get married to a man or to a woman. You may be saved, okay? But they may not be saved. I'm going to go here. That's why the Bible said don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Because that unbeliever will turn you away from God. You cannot save a person. Jesus have already saved them. But you live a life according to God that let them know who you serve and you do not come down because they're your husband or because they're your wife. God is before a husband and a wife. Oh, yes, he is. So this is why I know some people are on the wrong road. Anytime you put a husband and wife in the place of God and you know they're wrong, that is your idol. You do not stand for what's wrong. I don't care who it is. You stand for what's right. Solomon was on the right path. But he ended up having 700 what? Concubines or 300 wives or vice versa. It was one. It was how many? A thousand. Either way, it was a thousand. He had all of these women and he did what these women wanted him to do. He served those other guys. He set up these altars and he knew what was right, but he chose to do what was wrong. So what did God do with Solomon? He began to take the kingdom away from him. He had Israel and he had Judah. He had both kingdoms. He had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. He had both of them. But God said, I'm going to take 10 tribes away from you. You only going to be left with one. So God did this. Why did God do this? Because in the, in Judah, this is where Jesus was going to come through. So God said, I have to keep this tribe here, right? He had to keep that seed going. So he separated them. So when he separated them, here goes Solomon. Solomon was upset. But God had a plan of doing what he'd done because Solomon turned his heart away from God. He would have took all of it from Solomon, but he made a covenant. So because God made a covenant, he said, I'm not going to take it all from him. I'm going to leave one tribe, which is Judah. So when he left that one tribe, God already, um, with his son, which was um, Rehoboam, which was Solomon's son, and Rehoboam, um, what happened when they got split, these tribes, how they got split was Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Jeroboam, about the same. How it got split was Rehoboam and, and Jeroboam was having, well, the people come to Rehoboam and to ask him about the heavy burdens that they had on them from what Solomon put on them. So the elders gave him advice, which was the older men, but he had younger counsel, um, younger men up under him, so he went to them. Now, the elder told him, he said, lift some of those burdens. Take some of those burdens off the people. This is when they had the kingdom. Both, he had all of it, but God already split it. But anyway, he said, take some of the burden off the people. He went to the younger for advice. Now, this is the problem. The younger that had the advice had no wisdom. So when he went to them for counsel, they said, put more on them. Put more on them than your, even your father put on them. So he went back and he gave that counsel to the people and the people left him. They left him. And when they left him, they, he sent somebody over to them to talk to them. And they stoned them to death. And Rehoboam got out of there. Um, before they killed him. But when he come out of there, he was going in to destroy um, Israel. But God told him, no, you're not going to destroy Israel. So he obeyed God. But Jeroboam, he ended up being king over Israel. He ended up being king, I think, over the northern kingdom. When he ended up being king, check this out with Jeroboam. This is what he said he was not going to do. And I'm, I'm telling you about staying on the right road. These were Hebrews. These were Israelites. But it was a separation. I'm getting somewhere. This is why we have a separation in the church. Because some want to do what God wants and some don't want to do what God wants them to do. The wide road. You can have the narrow road in the church and you can have the wide road in the church. And it don't supposed to be that way. 
You got some that's going in the way of the Lord and you got some that's going in the way of destruction. How do I know? When you got rebellion in the church, it's like a sin of witchcraft. That mean a rebellious and a stubborn person will be in the church, but they want to do like they want to do and when they want to do it. And you're not going to tell them any different. Wide road, narrow road in the church. But it's time for separation. So we look at Jeroboam and what he did now, y'all. This is how the enemy does things. What he did, he said, this is what I'm going to do. Now, God had already told them how he wanted them to worship him. He already told them the place that he wanted them to go in order to worship him. In the Bible, when you look at Deuteronomy 12, verse 1 through 8, God is talking about a place of worship. He's telling them, this is how I want you to worship me. God always give us teaching. He always give us someone that will teach us his way. You have to be up under people that's going to teach you the right way of the Lord. When you know the right way, wherever you go, when it's the wrong way, you don't associate with that. So God already told them, this is how I want you to worship. Verse 12, these are the commands, the statutes, the ordinance, the requirements and laws you must carefully obey in the land. The Lord, the God of your ancestors, fathers, given you to possess. Obey them as long as you live in the land. When you inherit, possess the land of these nations, you must completely destroy all the places where they serve their gods on high mountains, hills, and under every green tree. Tear down their altars, smash their holy stone pillars, burn their um, idols in fire, cut down their idols, and destroy their names from those places. So this is what God was saying. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. When you go into these places... I want you to literally take down everything that worship, that, that um, looks like their God or that they have worship or set up for their gods. He said, I want you to destroy it. So as I was reading that, the Lord showed me something. Before we come into this building, God said, I want you to literally tear everything out of this building. I want you to literally get rid of everything that's in this building that does not represent me. He even had me to take a stone out the wall that was on the front of the building with some names on that stone. Some people say, why would you do that? Because it's not God. Anything that's before me is not me. That's man's man's way of doing. Some people is wondering, why would you take everything out of a church if they had it in the church? Because God didn't want it in here. You got to do what God tells you to do because if they set up anything in the church that re- did not represent God, if God say remove it, he say remove it. You got people building these big sanctuaries, making them so beautiful to come in as a place of worship, but they're worshiping the building more than they're worshiping God. And when people look for a house of the Lord to go to, they look at the building and that's how they decide where they're going to go and worship because the building is so beautiful. Look at the chandeliers. Look at this. Look at that. That is wrong. That's idol worship. That's setting up shrines. That's setting up things before God. So people go look for places like this, and that's where they say, come to our church. You are the church. Come to the building where we go to worship. So this is what they were doing. But God said, I want you to tear down all these places. Why did he say this? He said, because if you don't tear down these places, all these idol worship, this idol worship, you're going to end up doing what they've done. So then in verse 4, don't worship. Wait a minute. Cut down their idols and destroy their names from those places. Don't worship the Lord your God that way. Did y'all hear that? Don't worship the Lord your God that way. But look for the place the Lord your God will choose, a place among your tribes where he is to be worshipped as his dwelling where he will be placed his name. Go there and bring to that place your burnt offerings, your sacrifice. So God was telling them what to do, what to bring to that place. If you would, go to verse 8. 
Do not worship the way we have been doing today. Each person doing what he think is right. Did y'all get that? Do not worship, act the way we have been doing, acting today. Each person doing what he think is right. This is what's happening in the churches. People are doing what they think is right, not according to the way God has set it up to be. And if you don't know what's right, if you have not been taught the right way to go, you will tone in to what they're doing and you will begin to share it with somebody else, giving them false doctrine, making them feel like this is the right way. No, that's the wide road. There's many on that wide road because that wide road is easy to be on because there's no chastisement on that road. There's no accountability on that road. There's no teaching on that road. So this is how God told them to worship. Go back with me to 1 Kings, the 12th chapter, and let's look at what Jeroboam was doing. Now remember, Jeroboam, he had um, the 10 tribes. He had Israel. So Jeroboam was setting them up according to his heart. So this is what Jeroboam said in verse 26. And Jeroboam said in his heart, now the kingdom may return to the house of David. If these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn back to their Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Now he's asking for advice and this is his, his advice. Make two calves of gold and, and said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. So look what he was doing. He was setting up a place to worship where they were so they would not go to Jerusalem and worship the way God wanted them to worship. So he said by doing this, he said, I'm keeping them from the right way. This is happening in the churches. The churches are falling for any and everything that people like. They're falling for any and every kind of music. They're falling for any and every kind of teaching. They're falling for any and everything that's represented in the world. They're allowing leaders to do things in the world and then come in the house of God and do what they want to do. That is not God. Then people get mad at you when they ask you, can this one do this? No. No, 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 no. See, you got to be careful who you invite to come into the house of the Lord when they're living any kind of way because you're not giving God what God deserves. If this is the place that we choose to come in and worship every Sunday, we do not want in and everything in this place. We are the church. God is in us. So when we're worshiping God in this building, we don't want any kind of music. We don't want any kind of mess in the house of God to disrespect whom we serve. So Jeroboam was saying, you know what? We're going to do it this way. So he began to build idols. He said, this is going to be our God. So what was Jeroboam doing? He said, you know what? You don't have to go that far. We're going to build a golden calf and this is going to be our God like God. He was deceiving them. He said, we don't have to go that far. We'll just worship this golden calf. Remember what they did in Exodus chapter 32 when Moses went up to be with God? They made a golden calf. They began to worship that golden calf because they said, you know, this would be our image like God. What's happening in the churches today? It is false worship. People are worshiping everything except God, but it's looking as if you're coming in a place to worship God and the place is tore up from the floor. People are not handling what needs to be handled in the churches. Why? Because they rather keep the people and the money than the souls. And it's not right. And many people are falling for it. When people get mad, they go into these places and be a part of these places because they're not checked in these places. God chastised those whom he loved. And if you got somebody that's chastising you, that's correcting you, that's rebuking you, you are in the right place. 
get correction. Don't leave a place because you get rebuked. Don't leave a place because you get in the right doctrine. If your flesh is acting up, say, God, I give you glory. So Jeroboam was setting up his own way of worship. But he was deceiving the people with doing it because he said in his heart, these people are going to end up going back to Jerusalem. They're going to end up serving Rehoboam again. Jeroboam said this. They're going to end up serving him again. So they're going to leave me and then they're going to kill me. So I got to set up worship like they're doing over there, but it's going to be false worship. I'm going to make them think that we're worshiping the same God, but we're not. This is what's happening in the churches. This is why you, your discerning of spirits have to be on. Everywhere you go, you have to have discerning of spirits. And some people say, now I'm, I'm, I'm just going to lay this out on the line. If my husband is in a church that's not following God, I ain't following him. Period, poo. Uh-uh. I'm not following him because he want to be there and we want to be there together. No, ma'am. If your wife is in a place that's not right, husbands, you don't follow them just to say we go in the church. We go in to praise the Lord. You praising everything except the Lord. You don't follow each other if it is wrong. You don't do it. I'm not doing it. You go the right way. You don't try to keep a marriage together by doing something wrong because you bring an evil in your house. The only one you're supposed to please is God. Well, as long as they go in the church, you shouldn't tell people not to go what they may. I'm telling you the truth. There's a way that seems right. This is the problem. You rather please man than to please God. Oh, I'm hearing this in my ear. Now, you, you don't need to be telling people that. Talk to God. Because I'm telling you, there's a way that seems right. And it is our jobs as pastors, as the fivefold, to tell. Go with me to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. It's in the word. It's in the word. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Listen at this, what we're supposed to be doing. It says, verse 11, and he gave himself, and he himself gave some. Somebody say some. Somebody say some. Because I'm going to get to that too. Some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Listen at the, the duty. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Listen at this. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who's the head, who is the head, Christ. That's our job. We're supposed to make sure that you're not tossed to and fro, fro deceived. This is what the fivefold supposed to do. The fivefold don't supposed to get in a church and try to get people outside of what God is saying. These are the things that you have to watch for. You don't do it if it's not right because you're going to be held accountable for what you're doing. So we look at Jeroboam, what he did. This wasn't the only thing that he did do. So he was getting them out of the place of worship where God wanted them to be. And this is what some churches are doing. Some churches are taking people into their house of worship and confusing the people and saying, this is what you should be doing, not what they're telling you to do. Because the enemy is in some churches. Then here go another thing. This was a place of worship. I explained that. And I'm going to tell you what else he did. After Jeroboam did that, look at the second thing that he did. He was putting priests in place that they did not supposed to be in. That's 1 Kings 12, 31. 
Jeroboam built temples on the place of worship, high places. He also chose priests from all the people, not just from the tribe of Levi. That was a violation. God told him, this is how I want you to choose these priests from the tribe of Levi. They do not come from any other tribe. He went outside of God's command. What has happened in the churches today? Anybody can preach. Anybody can get on the pulpit. Even though they're not right, not living like they're supposed to, even though they're having affairs, they can preach. Outside of God. This is not what, on the wrong road. This is what Jeroboam did. It's happening today. You can see it today. Let me give you a true story. God always backs up his word. There was this man, I'm not going to call his name. This man ended up having a mega church and his church ended up just kept growing, just kept growing. As this church grew, this man began to have an affair on his wife. And even while in the affair, he was still teaching the people in the church the right way. But he was going the wrong way. Finally, he got caught. And when he got caught, okay, he sat down. And I guess he didn't have a choice to sit down. But before he got caught, what he was doing was the person that went and was exposing him, he fired him. So anyway, he got caught. So he decided to come back on Instagram or whatever, YouTube, whatever you want to call it. He said, I couldn't come before because they advised me, my lawyers advised me not to come. It's been a year now. I have had counsel and I'm so sorry for what I've done. Um, you know, I stepped out on my wife. That's not the right thing to do because I taught, you know, the people this is not what you're supposed to do. So he sounded good, y'all. Come to find out. After they found out about the affair with his wife, of course, they got a divorce. After they got a divorce, nine weeks after the divorce, the woman that he was messing with, his own father married them nine weeks after the divorce. Come on, somebody. But now he's on the Instagram telling people, you know, I'm getting counsel. I'm doing good. So people are thinking, Okay, you and your wife working it out. I talked to my wife. I talked to my children. But what he left out was I got married nine weeks after I divorced my wife. You better know who you up under. He said, and what got me to the place I was, the church just was expanding. It, see the excuse. What's in you? It's going to come out of you. The enemy know what to do to get out of you what's in you. You can't hold it but so long. If you're not dealing with it according to the word of God, if you don't deal with lust, lust will deal with you. Eventually, lust is going to come out and it's going to show up. This is why it takes the word of God to deal with what need to be dealt with. This is why you need to be in a place that tell you truth no matter how it hurts. You're getting corrected. You're getting rebuked. You're getting the right doctrine. That's the word of God. And if you're in a place like that, you need to be giving God glory. And you need to watch the life of the one that's teaching you. So he put people in place. That should not have been in place. Look at how he was running the kingdom. Then what he did. The next thing in 1 Kings 12, 32 through 33. Jeroboam imitated. And I think I went over that. Um, No, I didn't go over that. He imitated Israel's way of worship. What he did. He was um, keeping worship there. But it wasn't in the right place. And he started a new festival. New, something new, on the 15th day of the 8th month, just like the festival in Judah. During that time, the king offered sacrifices on the altar, along with sacrifices to the calf in Bethel he had made. He also chose priests in Bethel to serve at the place of worship. So look at everything that he was doing. He was changing things according to his heart, according to the way he think it should be. Everything that we do should be according to God, not according to man. This is why when you read in the word of God, when you look at his disciples, his apostles, who was delivering the word of God, they, they said, I'd rather please God than please man. See, everything we do, it should be 
pleasing God and not pleasing man. We need to know today which road are we on. If you are on that wide road and you're living contrary to the word of God, you know you're on a wide road. But it's not hard to get back on the narrow road. It's not hard at all. The only thing you got to do is say, God, I recognize that I've been on this wide road for some time now. God, that's not the road you want me to be on because that's the road of destruction. That's the road of death. So, Lord, I thank you with the help of the Holy Spirit to help me to get back on this right road. And how you get back on this right road, you make sure you up under the right teaching. You don't go in and everywhere because somebody invites you. Because whatever go in your ear or end up in your heart. And you will think, oh, you know, I've been getting taught this way. Well, that's not the way you should be taught it's okay for you you know to go and lay with your boyfriend and your girlfriend it's okay if you love them and they're going to be your husband it's nothing wrong with that God already gave you the grace for that that's a lie It's okay for you to do this or do that. It's okay for you know you to party sometime. And if you're going to party and you're going to go socialize, it's okay. Long as you come and sing on the choir. God know your heart. It's not okay. It's not okay. Some of these things that people are saying okay is not okay. And if you're in the midst of not okay, you're on the road of destruction. Because it's not like you don't know. Some of us already know what's not right, but we choose not to do what's right. Anything that we know is not right and we choose to do it, it's called sin. We know right from wrong. Another thing is, the Bible tells us we have to separate ourselves. I don't care how close you are to someone. If you're living a life before them that represent Jesus, and they're not accepting the life that you are living, you separate yourself. If they're not respecting the God that's in you, and they're cussing all the time, and they're doing things contrary to what you believe, there's supposed to be a separation, because evidently they don't want to change. You don't continually to hang around that. You don't do that just to keep a friend. That ain't no friend. A friend will respect who you are. That's what a friend does. A friend wouldn't lead you on the road that they own. A friend would say, you know, at this time, I don't want to be where you are. So I'm going to have to separate myself. Because I'm not ready to change. But you shouldn't wait on them to tell you that. Because you have God on the inside of you. You're disrespecting God. Are we perfect? No. But in our spirit, we are perfect. And the Holy Spirit will let us know separate from among them. The Bible tells you, especially those that are, say they're of the faith and they're living contrary to the word of God, you do not even be with them. Because they should know better. So the Bible is saying today, which road are you on? Which road are you on? Do you really know the road that you're on? Now, I gave you a little background. Now I'm going into the message. Go with me. I had to get all that to get this. Okay, we talked about Jeroboam, right? We talked about what Jeroboam was doing. Y'all see he was doing false worship. He was doing sacrifices to another God, which was wrong, but he was making the people think that it was right, right? How many know we have a loving God and a merciful God? How many know even though we're wrong, God always sends somebody to get us on the right path? Hallelujah to Jesus, even though we're wrong. So here go Jeroboam in chapter 13. Here go Jeroboam. He's um, offering sacrifice. Now look at this. Verse 13, chapter 13, verse 1. And behold, a man of God, which is a prophet, went from Judah to Bethel. Now, he come from where? Judah. And he went to Bethel by the word of the Lord. Who sent him to Bethel? God. Because it said, by the word of the Lord. And Jeroboam stood by an altar to burn incense. So I gave you background on Jeroboam. False worship, 
sacrificing to idols. Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord, who was crying out, the man of God, and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, behold a child, Josiah, by name shall be born to the house of David, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is a sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart, and the ashes on it shall be poured out. Now remember, Jeroboam was doing his dirt. He was leading the people into false worship. He was appointing priests that God told him not to appoint. He was making um, it look um, like on festivals. He was doing it like um, making the people think he was doing it like God was doing it on, on that day. But it was a day he chose. So God sent a man of God to let him know about his mess. Okay. God always sends somebody to let you know about your mess. He's sending me today. God don't leave you on that wrong road, people. He's going to get you on the right road. That's how much he loved you. So he sent him, and the man of God was telling him, this is what's going to happen. Now understand, when God sent a message, God is going to let you know, this is what's going to happen, so you know that I'm speaking. So look what happened. So it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, who cried out against the altar in Bethel, that he scratched out his hand from the altar, saying, Arrest him. Then his hand, which he scratched out towards him, withered, so that he could not pull it back to himself. Do not mess with God's people. Do not talk or scratch your hand out against God's people when God is giving you a message through them to put you back where you need to be, because you're bringing harm to yourself. So, then his hand, which he scratched out towards him, withered so that he could not pull it back to himself. Now look what happened. The altar also was split apart and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of God. Now look at the king. Then the king answered and said to the man of God, please, entreat the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. Then the king said to the man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. Now look at this, y'all. The same king that did wrong, God sent a man of God unto him. This is God's mercy. The thing that God said, it did come to pass. And he had to ask this man of God, Come on, pray to God on my behalf. He couldn't do it. (laughs) But I need for you to pray to God on my behalf that my hand be restored. The man of God done it. His hand was restored. The king was happy. So the king said, come back with me. And I'm going to give you a reward. Now, I want y'all to hold hold that right there. Now, this is what the man of God said. Before I go any further, look at this, y'all. Jeroboam, outside of the will of God, had people following him outside of the will of God. And people were following him outside the will of God. But God sent a man of God. And when he sent the man of God, he let him know, I am El El Yon. I'm higher than any God. And I'm going to show you today that you're on the wrong path. God revealed himself. So this is what we supposed to be doing. We supposed to be going out, giving people truth, According to the word of God, God is manifesting himself to let the people know I'm higher. I'm El Elyon. I'm the most high God. Have no other God before me. And God manifests himself through us. But this is what the man of God said. How many know people offer you stuff? And how many know we take it? Hello, somebody. When you do something on behalf of God and people say, come to my house. I'm going to write you a million dollar check. Where you live? I'll be there in a split second. But this is what happened. But the man of God said to the king, if you were to give me half your house, 
I will not go in with you, nor will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. Y'all hear what he said? For so it is commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread nor drink water nor return by the same way you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. Look at this man. He obeyed God. God said, don't eat in that place. Don't drink in that place. Don't even return the same way you came. Why are people going into houses that said they're worshiping God and you know they're not worshiping God and you're eating from that table? God said, don't eat from that table. Don't drink for that table. And don't come back the way you came. That means the way that you have come is the wrong way. And I don't want you to go back that way. And he said he was not going to do it. But check this out. The enemy knew this man's heart. He knew it. So what does the enemy do? When you make up your mind and say, I'm staying on the narrow road. I'm staying on this road where it's difficult. The enemy is going to send somebody and keep sending somebody to get you off of that road. Maybe it's a man. Maybe it's a woman. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's material things. Whatever it is, he's going to send it to get you off that road. So what did he do? There was an old man. He was a prophet. I'm going to paraphrase the rest. He was an old man. He was a prophet. And his, his uh, boys or whoever it was went home, told him what had happened. This old man came to this man of God. He told him that he was a prophet. An angel come to him because the man said, I'm not going to go home with you. I can't eat with you. I can't drink with you. I cannot go the way I came. He said, but you know, an angel came to me. I'm a prophet as well. And the angel was saying to tell you to come to my house. So he took the word that was a lying prophet. He took the word of that prophet above God. How many of us in this place, when God send you a word and tell you, don't do that. A lying spirit come right behind the truth and tell you who they think they are. Telling you what you should do or what you shouldn't do. You grown. But God gave them a word to give to you. Don't get that. Don't go there. Don't marry him. Don't marry her. Is it not yet your time? Lying prophet come. They just jealous because they ain't got nobody. So he sat at that table. Now he said in 16. I cannot return with you, nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread, nor drink water with you in this place. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread, nor drink water there, nor return by going the way you came. He said to him, I am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. He was lying to him. So he went back. As he said at that table. <laughs> The word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried out to the man of God that came from Judah saying, thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandments which the Lord your God commanded you. But you came back, ate bread and drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tombs of your father. So we know this man died. The wide road, the broad road, leads to death. And it's many on that road in the church. Because they're believing false doctrine. They're believing false prophets. They're leaving churches that God has placed them in. And they're going somewhere else because they felt like they were done wrong where they were. And things are beginning to open up and unfold and happen. Why does things happen? Is it because God is punishing them? No. It's because when you are disobedient to the word of God, God already have written what's going to happen. People blame God for bad things. God wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. This is why he wants people behind the pulpit that's going to teach you truth so you can stay out of the way of death. God is about life. 
He is not about death. This is why we get trained up the right way. This is why you need to stay in the word of God to know what the right way is. So when you come into the house of God and it's being taught to you, if your spirit all of a sudden give you a nudge, you're saying, wait a minute, that don't sound right. That's why you have to go to people and say, could you tell me again what you said? Could you explain what you're saying to me? Maybe I misunderstood what you said. Do not sit in a place with no understanding. Get understanding to what you're being taught. Some things that you, if you're not in the word yourself, some things you're not going to understand. But the Holy Spirit will reveal them. He will make them known unto you. But you're going to know what's right and what is wrong. So God is saying as many people in the church that's on the wide road, that's having services, doing things outside of the will of God, and people are flocking to it. It is time for the remnant, the remnant whom God has called to stand up and preach the truth no matter how hated you are. No matter if you left by yourself, they need to know the truth because it's only the truth that's going to make them free. The wide road, y'all, is very full. And this is what God was saying to me. It is full of people that say that they are saved and live in any kind of way. You cannot tell me that you have a change of heart towards God and you're still partying. You're still getting drunk. You're still sleeping around. Come on, when change come to your heart, you may be tempted to do it. And I'll say you may do it. But then when you get up, you're running to God for your life and you're saying God forgive me for what I done because I was wrong Lord I need help I need some counsel you ain't gonna keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again that mean you on the wrong road and ain't no pastor knowing you on the wrong road and taking your money and letting you live foul any kind of way need to be behind the pulpit The devil is a lie. When you say, God, instruct me, teach me in the way that I should go. Counsel me with thine eye. Lord, I want you to instruct me. I want you to teach me. I want you to show me the way that I need to go. Come on, those are the ones that mess up, but they get up and say, God, I need your help. I'm tired of living foul. I want more of your way of being than the world's way of being. Come on, we got to live sanctified lives. We've been justified. We've been made righteous. But now we got to live holy according to who we are in Christ. It's time out for playing church. It's time out for trying to look good for the crowd. We need to be on the right road. And God said it is a wide road in this house. Some people say, it ain't me. I didn't say nothing about you. You said it to yourself. I'm just teaching about the road now. Come on on that wide road. If you can't keep your mouth shut and you keep running your mouth, you're on a wide road. If you got jealousy in you and no love, you on a wide road. Come on, love will take you off that road. God said, my people ain't doing what they've been called to do. You ain't doing your commission. You're doing more me, myself, and I. Making it about you. God said, I want my people to go out. Teaching them to observe all things that I have taught you. Not staying in the church making a fuss and doing nothing about what you've been taught. There's a wide road. And I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. I'm going to instruct people the right way. And it's up to them to choose that way. 
People need to quit getting mad and getting offended. And, and uh, oh, this is baby stuff. People in the church today are so emotionalized, they wouldn't know if Jesus walked through the door. You can't say stuff to people no more because they so into their emotions, they get so stirred up, they ain't hearing what God is saying. You talking to me? Why you say that to me for? What are you talking about? And there's some people mad right now. You ain't have to come across that pulpit with me. What's your name? See, you ain't in the spirit. You're looking at me. You better look to him. I'm just a messenger. If your flesh is over there and it's just cringing, say, thank you, Jesus. And then a loosen right on up. See, it do like this at first because you read the punch me. And just start saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. It's me. Woo, I'm free. Ain't no time to be playing church no more. It's time for people to get on the right road and get in the right place to be taught what the Bible is saying and not what man is saying because the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. The only thing some preachers are after is your pocketbook. As long as they can get all the money and live these glorious lives, they let you do what you want to do. But it's time to pull people aside if you love them and say, I don't want you to live this way because the love of God in me love you more than I love what you're doing. It's time for the church. It's time for the church to arise. No matter who it is. You don't leave those people in that state. And Jesus got to these two roads because of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because they was teaching law. They were saying, law, by you staying under the law, that's how you're going to get to heaven. Jesus said, that's a lie. Go on, stay on that wide road with them Pharisees. And see if that false doctrine that you're getting taught is going to get you to heaven. He said, Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. So you keep keeping all them laws you want to because I fulfilled all of them. And the only way you're going to get to see God is by me. It's through me. There is no other way. So that's what the wide road is full of. Trying to do it yourself. You will never be able to keep the whole law. That's why Jesus fulfilled it. Didn't do away with it. But fulfilled it. So when we come to him. Come on. We were made holy. Because of Jesus. But now we have to live a holy life. Your holiness is not based on you. It's based on him. Your righteousness is not based on you. It's based on him. So when you're trying to live according to you. See you're on a wide road. You want to live according to him, his way of being, his way of doing. If the Bible don't say it, you don't do it. But you got to know what the Bible is saying. To God be all the glory. There is a way that seems right unto a man. But that way ends up in death. Y'all, my heart just goes out. To people that's listening to foolishness and being a part of foolishness. You got people one minute talking about God, the next minute they're holding up a wine cooler and dancing and cutting the food. Then the next day they go back talking about Jesus. I love you and I just want to tell you the truth. Come on, somebody. That's bipolar. Now, I use that word because that's two different mindsets. Is that not right? I'm using that to say that's to you got people preaching one thing, saying another, and then doing and living in a kind of way. That's two different mindsets. That's what people call bipolar. Is that not right? We can't have that in the house of God. We got to set our mind on things above and not things on the earth. And I'll say it again. Do we mess up at times? Yes, we all do. But when your heart is towards God, you repent. You turn from that way that you're going. 
and you get it right. But I'm going to say something. It should not take you 20 years to get it right. Because if you're truly sincere in the things of God, you're working on that thing quick, fast, and in a hurry. And you're allowing the word of God to come in and uproot whatever lie that the enemy has told. Miracle Temple, we need to be on the right road. We need to be on the narrow road. And even though it gets difficult sometimes, we know that God is our sustainer. He's our strong tower. He's our sure defense. He's everything that we need. So I want to make sure I'm training people up in the way that they should go. And when they get old, they will not depart from it. The fire need to keep burning. And the only way it can is being in the word of God on a daily basis. Whatever you hold it in your heart and you continually hold that in your heart, you ain't on the right road. You're scrattling. You cannot have unforgiveness in your heart and be on the narrow road. Can't have jealousy. You cannot have all of these things in your heart and be on the narrow road. You have to be willing to let those things go and say, God, here am I. Here am I, God. I want to do what you have me to do and how you have me to do it. And we got to let pride go. Because where pride is, there will be a fall. And once the enemy get through with you, he don't need you no more. He done done what he needed to do with you. So this is why, y'all, we need to stay in the word of God, do what the word of God tell us to do. Yes, it's going to hurt your flesh. But sooner than later, your flesh is going to line up. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. And I want to say Miracle Temple. It's many people that come in here can't stay in here. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.